Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is a podcast based on the Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole. I have a guest on every week to tell me a sad story and then we laugh about it. I'm your host, Young Me Mayor, and this week I have a very, very special, hilarious, wonderful guest, uh, a close friend of mine and probably a huge um, influence on all of your lives. You know, a, 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 the person, a person that's a, a a very integral thread in the rug of the zeitgeist, comedian, improv artist, former sandwich artist. I don't know. I just threw, I, I'm <laughs> assuming at some point all of us were former sandwich artists at Subway. Is that a, is that a weird assumption? Um, I love that assumption. Sorry, I don't know if I should be. I'm a, Please. allowed to talk. Yeah, you're allowed to do whatever you want. former sandwich artist but more importantly hilarious comedian jenny aramoto (laughs) i always cheer for whoever like whenever i'm hosting i'm like because i don't know what to do in that moment but thank you for the generous intro and for assuming that i was a sandwich artist i was not you but i want i worked at a japanese dollar store and there were so well, were there sandwiches there at any point? No sandwiches. Oh, yikes. But there were a lot of Japanese like pocky snacks. Pocky artist. Yeah, pocky artist. Is it pocky or pokey? It's pokey in Japanese, okay. but in, in, in all English, the American people say pocky. Say pocky. Oh. Right. But maybe I just made it myself now. <laughs> yeah, I just judged myself. I was like, I should say it the way it's said and no. not bend myself to fit the needs of a white patriarchy. No, because you know what? You're American. Yeah, it's you're right. That people understand that no matter what your yeah. ethnicity in this country, we're all American. Okay. Thank you, young me. Good way to start the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, like a like a existential crisis about your uh, like your uh, racial <laughs> <My> identity. identity. <laughs> That's yeah. how I like to start every exactly. podcast and every day. I wake up. <laughs> Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> what am I? Am I a yeah, California then- roll? Is it sushi? Is it American food? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's no better way to start than a cup of coffee and then screaming at someone on the street, you're American. Your identity is it's valid. It's pronounced Pocky. Yeah, it's Pocky. It's not. It's pronounced. Wait, what's like what are those like European words that we say differently and like Europeans get really upset? I don't like I feel it's like gabagool. I don't know, immediately I was like, yeah. That's it's how it's Italian something- Americans say gabagool. It's not. <laughs> it's galamad. It's not calamari. Yeah. We're our own identity. We're not Italians. We're Italian American. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so fun. It's gabagoo. Okay. Because we're all (laughs) Americans in this country. You're right. And cheers to that. Cheers to that. Um, Also, you are the host of Asian Not Asian. I know. Which is a brilliant podcast with um, our friend, Mike Wynn, who I just he just had a baby and for some reason oh i feel God. like that's mine what's going on with that has he been telling you talking about that no i held his baby <gasps> last week nice. for the first time yeah. when i was over at his place recording and he's just become very dad energy very quickly he's always you know, had kind like, of dad energy though he's just he leaned has, into it yeah <laughs> it's like next level now okay. it's like 
it's like turn the phone around, look at all the pictures I took. Like wow. that energy is kind of constantly. Like, Do you want to see? He did this. I'm like, yeah, sure, absolutely. I love it. Yeah, I was never like that as a parent because I feel like yeah. I was scarred by that stereotype. Like, look at the pictures totally. of my baby. So I just like never did that. But wasn't an active choice not to? Like you had it in your head that you're trying to avoid that stereotype or was it naturally you weren't like that? I think I had like subconsciously like um, internalized it already. So I never yeah. had, I, I was already like stopping myself from ever doing it. Honestly, that makes you the coolest mom. The people will be like, can I see like, a picture of your baby? I'm like, no, you don't want it. And they're like, no, I actually just want to see a picture of your baby. I'm yeah. like, ah. <laughs> You make people work for it. I like that. <laughs> But I was breastfeeding in public, just, you know, just hanging that baby off my boob. Yeah. It's natural. It's natural. Let it out. Yeah. Let the people know. They got to know. Yeah. So you held the baby. Mm-hmm. And wait, how old He's is so the baby? Cute. He was born in April. He was born the day oh, that's very that small the baby. Will Smith yeah, slap. Chris Rock slap happened is his birthday. That's so funny. Like, that's the day he was born. <laughs> Oscars Day, that's, 2022. Wow. That's a cultural milestone. Yes. Like, two incredible things happened that day. Mike had a baby, and that slap happened, and the world stopped. That's more so, important than my... My birthday is the day that I saw it once that Buddha reached enlightenment. So they celebrate... <laughs> in Buddhist countries, they celebrate that day when he went from a man a mere mortal to an enlightened being but i think the slap is more important than that i would agree oscar yeah because that was a big day for white people the twitter verse went off it was a huge day for white people they lost will smith and he was one of their own and they're like yeah we believed in you it was a big day for (laughs) amy schumer oh my god it was a i try to forget that it was her 9-11 it's the worst thing that's ever happened to amy schumer (laughs) She has not recovered. <laughs> Rumor has it she's been in, in bed this whole time. You know she was talking about that in therapy and how much that like ruined her life with the Will Smith I, slap. Yeah, I'm sure. Right? God, Amy Schumer has really turned in terms of like cultural icon. You know, before we started recording, Jenny, remember I was telling you like, oh, like, is it my dream to be a stand-up comedian? Because look at all the famous ones and how fucking horrible they are. Right. Uh, Amy Schumer. Again, I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> none of them ended up okay they all turn no horrible. one ends up okay that's true no one ends up okay if you're that famous that's true that's why i aim to never be famous good point is there even one famous person that's like 40 ish years old that's like not a terror maybe andrew garfield i don't even know who that is so he's not <laughs> okay. i guess he's not that fa- i'm just kidding he's nothing yeah <laughs> He's nothing. He's garbage. I think the key is you have to be off of social media and then you're and then you're okay. Because yes. you don't see the crazy. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Holy shit. If this if I ever become any sort of famous, deleted I'm gonna delete everything. That's how I I've said I've threatened that yeah. for even my level right now. I'm like, if I get, you know, even five thousand more people following me, I'm gonna delete it. Like yeah. literally, I'm on the edge at all times of deleting my presence. Because like there's no point like if you're making yes. money from entertainment outside of social media, like i use social media to make money but exactly. if i can make money off of that i'm not gonna fuck it up by being on social media i'm gonna say something stupid oh. and get canceled and lose my exactly career. yeah like don't be a jk rowling just exist be famous if you're famous and don't be on the internet just don't say anything yeah don't say anything you have a career let it be what what's up with jk rowling she's 
Why is she on Twitter? She's she's I, letting Twitter ruin her life. I know. She's literally we're real time watching herself like saw off like her limbs. Like it's yes. wild. For what reason, bitch? You got I a billion know. dollars. Don't know. Go live your life. Go like buy 50 houses. Like just don't do this. I feel like the people that are like fall into this like horrible fucking transphobic hole, they're yeah. so adamant about proving themselves right and they just cannot back just back down and just be like you know we obviously know that they're wrong but like right if you are if you were her friend just be like who cares if people say you're wrong or right just turn your stop talking just stop just don't look at your phone yeah exactly don't fight anyone just stop talking just delete it all everyone knows who you are live your life yeah it's like they're trying you don't to have to prove anyone they're trying anything. to redeem something and it's like i know there's it's not gonna happen you know no yeah <laughs> imagine she's like in a villa somewhere in the south of france like with it's like a 10 million dollar that's like her garage house her yeah. second villa it's like yeah. a 50 million dollar villa like drinking a glass of like fifteen thousand dollar wine just mm-hmm. stewing over Twitter, looking out over <laughs> yeah, like exactly. the billion dollar vineyard she owns. Like, what is going on? Just, just I know, let it she's go. She's on her phone, just like <laughs> losing her mind. Yeah. Just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> go for a swim. Touch some grass. Touch some $15,000 grass. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, so, you know, obviously I have you on this podcast to share a sad story and then hopefully we laugh about it. There have been episodes where there have been some episodes where we just don't laugh and it's just sad all the way through. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, uh huh. Like, there's no way for me to make it funny. Yeah. And then there's episodes where we're talking about like the worst thing that's ever happened to a human being and we're like shitting our pants. So we don't, uh-huh. who knows what's going to happen great um we'll follow we'll 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 find out what happens we'll see yeah but before i ask you your story i like to share a little sad story to get the juices flowing Mm -hmm. and i wanted to instead of i guess i'll give you a little bit i don't want to get too into it because one of my exes um was a comedian and i think this is fitting because you're also a stand-up comedian yeah well not stand-up improv Oh, you never do stand up? <laughs> no. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I know. I people I think I do because I think there's photos of me mm. with like a microphone, but I'm just hosting a show and I refuse to do stand up. <laughs> I didn't know that. For some reason, I assumed yeah. you did stand up too. Mm-mm. Wow. Okay, so you're a comedian, but so my ex boyfriend was one of kind of like one of those comedians, um, and very very emotionally abusive and i've never really talked Mm. about it because i think this person uh i i I mean i touched on it but i never Mm -hmm. fully talked about it in great detail because i think part of the delusion like the last time i saw this person he chased me down the street (gasps) screaming oh like after me what and i pretended that i was like i was like shaking i was so scared and i was like putting in my headphones pretending i couldn't hear because it was like he was like a block and a half behind me and it was like screaming at yeah me. and then so scary because i i was on the same comedy show as him and i just so happened to be standing in the audience and i left while he was on stage tr- just so i could avoid him uh-huh. and then he chased me down the street like ran off the stage 
And then as I got home, he texted Mm -hmm. me and he said, I I need to see you right now. And I had deleted his number. So I, and also this is a time when I was hoeing around because I had just got out of a relationship and I was like hooking up with all these people. So I was like, who is this? Right. He was like, haha, shut up. Stop joking around. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh no. And then the next text he sent me was, I knew you were still in love with me. And I was like, oh. I was also no. terrified because he had just chased me down the street. And I was like, yeah. and I said, I just texted him like, this has crossed the line. I need you to hear this. You need help. And I said, I'm blocking you now. Don't ever mm-hmm. contact me again. And while I was in the middle of blocking him, he was like texting me like, no, 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 don't, don't block me like that. And I blocked him. Yeah. And I never talked to him. And this was three years ago. Uh-huh. But I, t- I don't know. Now I feel kind of petty. But the, but um, then sent me like a very intense email and mm-hmm. you know i feel petty but i also feel like this is something that i have to talk about because yeah. this level of psychological abuse i feel like cis men doing to cis women i mean not not even cis just men present male presenting people doing it to like women is totally sure. acceptable in the society and we're yeah. made to feel stupid about it and embarrassed by it um mm-hmm. but it's deeply abusive and Mm -hmm. and it took me so long after this relationship to just really like fully understand how abusive it was yeah and the interesting thing is like this person's very smart so we would have these conversations during our relationship where i'd be like i feel like there's like you have like this misogynistic undertone where you when you speak to me it's very cruel and there's like a lot of manipulation but I was so unsure about everything because he was very smart and he would like talk circles around me do you know what I mean and I'd be yeah, like yeah I'd be like I-, I don't know I feel weird about this thing that you said and I would talk about it in therapy a lot and my therapist would be like oh yeah that's a fucked up thing that he said but then what happened and I was like well he apologized and we had mm-hmm. a long conversation and it's very apparent to me that he understands what happened and and then she was just like oh yeah well that's important like he's it seems like he's like there's like a self-reflection going on like and so even in you know like when i know therapists aren't supposed to do this but you kind of want your therapist to be like he sucks and you're better than him you know but of course you always want that yeah like never happens and and so my therapist would never say that she'd just be like that's a good sign this is a blah 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 and even if she felt that way she probably probably isn't allowed to say that right but basically, after we broke up, and I think this was even before the chasing down the street incident, um, I, you know, like after you break up with someone, you're like, oh, there's a chance I might get back together with this person. I don't know. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But then um, after doing therapy, basically, my therapist was like, oh, he does. I'm not going to even get into all the fucking sh- weird shit that he was doing because it's so dur- it's so I don't know what what word to use here that's not offensive, but it's so unstable and it's so manipulative that it's like, I can't believe that I put up with it for five seconds. Um, I'll just give you one example real because I want everyone to be on my side because I'm right Right. and everyone else is wrong. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. But one example is we would be like, he'd be like looking through his pictures the phone he'd be like oh look these are are my old pictures and he would start scrolling through pictures of him holding a naked woman. Like a what? beautiful naked woman, like holding each other, and uh-huh. and I'd be like, "Why are you showing me this?" And he and he said, "Fucking relax. I never fucked her. This is my friend." And I was like, "I don't care who it is. What? Why do I have to look at a picture of you? Right? Ho- like ho- holding a woman that's naked 
And he was like, and then he would be like, whoa, like you have like jealousy issues. And I was like, uh-uh. huh? And when we no. started dating, he was like, oh, just one thing about me. I'm, I'm really jealous. And I said, oh, like, obviously I'm a human being. I feel jealous, but jealousy isn't a big problem that I've, problem. I've ever had in my life. Like I've, you know, right. like my ex-husband has like fucking groupies. I don't, I've always just like, cool, bro. Like, I don't care. It's just something right. I've, I'm, um, Oh, I'm good at like self-soothing or whatever, right? Yeah. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he would do these things. He would show me pictures of naked women. He would always show me pictures of his ex-girlfriend in a swimsuit. And she was also very hot. Mm-hmm. And then I would, I like, if I reacted, he'd be like, oh, you're so jealous. You're so insecure. And so, so then when he would do that, I would just be like, that's fun. That looks like you had a great day at the beach with your right. ex-girlfriend wearing a string bikini. Like, and so I'd be like acting like cool girl. You know what I mean? Right. And he would like, it would get more and more like, uh, intent. Like we I remember once we were having dinner. Now it's all, now I'm like, well, I'm going to tell it's you. It's all coming thing. out. We were having, yeah. we were having dinner and he was like, you know, my best friend, she, she's, obsessed with fucking me like she just can't get enough and so i had to stop talking to her because she's married and i was like why are you telling me this and then he'd be like god and then he'd be like but you know what i really feel like i should i should get in contact with her because i really love her she's like my closest so i'm gonna just like text her tonight and see if and i was like what this man it's just there's a lot of like narcissism it's a lot of and it's well i don't know like i hate one of my things is I hate when people say relax. Oh, yeah. When it's they're like, when you're just. Yes. Also, you're showing I'm me like, a picture of you holding a naked woman. <laughs> don't tell me. Don't tell him. me like how to feel or react. And also don't tell me what to do. Like, no, I really dislike that. And also just the need for this person to like elicit a reaction from yes. you is so odd. Like, why? Yeah, so then I brought this up with my therapist, of of course, and she was like, oh, that's called projection identification. And she was like, it's interesting because he told you that he's really jealous. So what's happening is that when somebody has a, when somebody has a trait that they're not proud of, right, that they Mm -hmm. can't accept that that's a part of their personality, for example, jealousy, and it's it's embarrassing to be jealous, right? So she was like, she was like, we would like break down these incidents. Like he showed me these pictures of these naked women and she'd be like, what happened right before that? And it would be like, <clears throat> basically we got, I understood that it was like, uh, we would be walking down the street and some guy would cat call me. And then he'd be like, look, I have a picture oh. with a naked woman. Look, you know, like I that. See. And so I was uh-huh. like, and then I, but it was hard for me to like pinpoint those incidents. And I was like, oh, and she was like, so he had this jealous feeling, but he is incapable of holding that emotion because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to see himself as that like embarrassing jealous guy so what he does is he makes somebody else feel it for him and mm. then you're sitting there like i'm jealous and i'm and, and it's i mean it's so, it's like after she after we like process that i was like oh my god that's so obvious imagine sitting with your partner being like i have a friend that wants to fuck me and i'm yeah. gonna call her right now and i was like yeah oh okay that's i understand it but she was like it's wow a, but, you know, when we were breaking up, she was like, my therapist was like, it's really important to know that people don't do things to hurt other people. They do mm. things to soothe themselves. Mm. Yeah. So she's like, when he's doing this, he's not trying to make hurt you. He's just trying to, like, soothe his feelings of jealousy by, like, pushing totally. it off on somebody else. Yeah. He's not even yes. thinking about how you're going to feel. Right. 
Absolutely. And so then after that, and it was after we broke up. So I, I, I was like, oh, that's like so profound. So I was like, you know, mm-hmm. this is a good closure. I'm going to email him that. So I emailed him three sentences. They were, I said, you're very insecure. Mm-hmm. You do actions when you're, when you're feeling insecure to soothe yourself. And I said, those actions end up harming me. And that's mm-hmm. why we're breaking up. Mm-hmm. Those three, those four sentences. Literally mm-hmm. like what I said to you, that's verbatim. Very clear. Very clear. Uh-huh. And then he responded with this email, which I'm going to read for all the <laughs> listeners. Let's go. Let's go. And I just want to, I want to preface this by saying after I saw this email, I was like, whoop. I'm never blocked on everything. I'm never going to yeah. talk to this person again. And then I read this email to my therapist and she was like, because I, I was always like, I feel like he's kind of a misogynistic person. And she's like, when I showed her the email, she was like, that's textbook. This man thinks that women are not human beings. So, oh, so let me God. read you the email. Uh huh. Okay. I'm going to, it says, so m- remember my email, right? The three sentences. Right. That's what he's working off here. Yes. Okay, it starts. I am so fucking unbelievably pissed off. It's unfucking real. Really, young me? Fuck you. You insecure fucking raccoon. I want to hate you for wasting my time and traumatizing me with your bullshit, but I can't. You literally can't help yourself. Someone should install a cone around your neck, you deranged fucking hyena. What? Lucid dreaming. (laughs) Try lucid living first, you disrespectful cur. It's just because I told him I, I was... I knew how to lucid dream. Okay. I was ready to put it all on the fucking line for you. Thank God the little goblin inside you reared its trash head to remind me that I'm basically getting in bed with a rabid gerbil who screams and stomps her feet and flails her arms and twirls around like an idiot because fucking blah, 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 blah. Something happened. Oh, this is a, I'll tell you what happened because it was like something about his ex-girlfriend. Are you motherfucking serious? You fucking screeching baboon fucking idiot nobody could have pulled me away from you but there you go doing it way to go jordan (laughs) oh my god this is so fucked up i'm getting nauseous reading this there was no wild there was no quote unquote soothing happening on my part i feel no insecurity about you i just fucking loved you and yeah you fucking spit on that like a syphilitic bandit real talk you are the joker wow this is just 100 (laughs) percent projection wow also, you are the nauseous. Joker. I'm getting nauseous. It's a while. Okay. This is literally just an email to himself. It's, yes. It's literally. Okay. Blah, blah, oh, yeah, the language is really scary. It's terrifying. My yeah. yeah. My therapist was like, this is psycho. Okay. It so, is. um, okay. The last pair, we're almost done. I'm getting, I'm having like a visceral reaction to this. I'm like going to throw this up. This is wild. We got one paragraph left. I'm, you know, okay. I, I can't stop now. The listeners yeah. need me to pull through. I'm going to finish this email <laughs> this. strong. Yeah. Okay, here's the last paragraph. I haven't had the chance nor given myself the space to lash out at you, but here it is. Me, half sober and totally drunk on fuck you. By the way, he had been lashing out on me continuously I, throughout our relationship. Also, so. whenever someone's like like that, like I'm assuming this is a man, yes. he's like, I'm giving myself permission to go off. I'm like, shut up. You're like going off all the time. Never, Especially as a stand-up comedian. Like exactly. you're going off all the time. Okay. So yeah, let, let me just say he has been. How dare you disrespect the love I've given you? Oh my God. You're a bridge monster who literally can't see past the 0.5 centimeter nose on her idiotic face. 
Is he saying that my nose is skinny? Skinny. I know. I was like, that's actually Ooh, a huge thank you. compliment. Thank you. For, especially for Asian people. We would love that. Oh, my God. Okay, this next part is really funny. You listen to Third Eye Blind and God knows what else. Ooh. What? Shots fired. I list, I do listen to Third Eye Blind. <laughs> I was going to ask if that's accurate. I do. Oh, okay. It's, it's, you know, it's like a nostalgic it's thing. It's fun. It's like yeah, the middle totally. school thing. Leave me yeah. alone. You don't respect love. That's the worst thing about this. You're you've broken it. Ropa doped me in and then jabbed your poo-ridden finger in my eye. Sir, seriously, okay. seriously, get a cone, all caps. If anyone can make it fashion, it's you. It'll match with your million dollar micro purse, you clueless fucking reprobate. Someone consulted a thesaurus for this. Okay, and Ugh. and then shortly after, sorry, just ignore this. I woke up so angry and hurt, and this was not the best thing to do. You're a great person, and life is complicated. Shortly after that, he emailed me that. Anyway, that I felt wow. straight up nauseous reading that. Um, oh, the just to clarify, his ex girlfriend. I mm-hmm. was like, hey, and I was like, all these incidents that would happen. It was like, oh, this is a naked woman. I'm gonna fuck my best friend. Oh, and then his girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend, they would constantly leave each other like hard eye emoji, heart emoji comments on each other's Instagram posts. And I was like, hey, mm-hmm. like, what? what is this? Like, why right. Why do you guys do that? And he was like, oh, God, here you go again, this jealous bitch. He was like, we're, we're like friends. We And he would always say, we love each other. We love each other. And there's nothing going on. I was like, I know you're not fucking your ex-girlfriend. Right. But just FYI. If I if you ever catch me leaving hard eye emojis on somebody's post, I am fucking them raw. That's yeah. how I work. <laughs> that is how I do it, my friend. If you catch God. I, there have been men that left heart emojis on my post 3 times and then I was sucking on their dicks. Yeah. The next weekend. So th- I get it. That's not you don't send that lightly. So and then I was like it I was like I was like, oh, it's fine. And so I said, you know, it's fine that this is a relationship that you have with your ex. But like, can you curb it in public? Because I feel like it's performative. Like, it feels like you are like doing this thing to make other people feel like you have lots of bitches. It just feels disrespectful. Because it would be like, heart, heart, heart. I love you. Heart. I was like, that's a little much, dude. It's fine that you like each other's pictures. But right. Come on, man. Right. This is, like, when I'm, like, there's, like, a lack of discussion about intention versus impact. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, like, okay, the impact here is you questioning, like, well, why is this happening, right? Like, you're just, like, it's not that, like, you're feeling horrible about it. You're just, like, what's going on here and, like, whatever. And then he's, like, oh, here we go again. Like, you know, I'm just being friendly, whatever. This is on you. I don't know. Like, there's just, like, you can't really get past that conversation. Yeah. Like the first level, which is like, let's just understand what, what's going on here. Like your relationship, whatever. It's not like because you're questioning his integrity. I or never like thought whatever. that he was ever cheating on me ever. Right. I just was right. like, why is it that these things are being brought to my attention? Exactly. And then it's like, but it's like, you know, you hear all of the actions that he was doing and it's like very, you can see that there is a pattern. Right. But then if, uh, of course, his narrative has been that I'm a psycho jealous bitch right. that broke up yeah. with him because his ex-girlfriend commented on one post. And I was like, right. I was like, I think the whole story, it's, I never in a million years thought you were cheating. Mm-hmm. 
And it's, it was like this intention of like purposefully doing these actions that harmed me. Right. Yes, Which exactly. I emailed him. Anyway. So that was after I saw that email. That's wild. I was like, yeah. I'm never going to talk to this person again. My therapist literally was like, you know, when a man refers to women, he calls you like a rodent multiple times. Every time he refers yeah. to you, he calls you like an animal. Yes. That is like a, a textbook example of misogyny. It's a man that believes mm-hmm. that women aren't human beings. And I was like, mm-hmm. yep, we're done. It's frightening. And then it was after that email that he chased me down the street and told me that he knew that I was still in love with him. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, and then, oh, actually, after that, he sent me one more email, which was, I really care about you. You should look into getting checked because you have borderline personality disorder. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> does he go to therapy? Yes. He does? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I wonder what his version of, like, everything is. I know. Can you imagine? He After he sent me that, I never responded. And then he sent me an email two weeks later. You have borderline personality disorder. Yeah. And you're like, I just don't want to talk to you anymore. I was like, oh, you're doing that thing like from the 1900s where a woman is like mad at her husband and he sends her to the loony bin. Yeah. This crazy bitch doesn't love me <laughs> yeah, anymore. That is, and I'm, that is very I'm a good man and she's crazy. She's hysteric. Yeah. She's in hysterics. And I was Her like, hysterics, yeah. Get her a fainting couch. He he accused me. And then I told my therapist and she was like, I have been working with you very closely for years. I think if you had BPD, yeah. I would know. <laughs> she would know something about it. Oh, my Lord. Dang. I'm, was I'm he white? So worried. No. He wasn't white. He wasn't? Interesting. He was like, I'm so worried about you. You should go. Like, I'm concerned because I love you. I care about you. Can you get check- get checked out for BPD? Mm, Bitch. Interesting. Bitch. Thing. I was just saying, the reason why I asked the race thing is I, as a, an Asian person, I'm constantly yeah. thinking about how I am coming off to other people mm-hmm. and like not taking up space. And I think the problem with that is when someone is more like a strong personality, I let them do their thing. And I like try to understand where they're coming from always, which I don't think this person did back to you at all. Mm -hmm. But like, I just like can't imagine functioning in that same way because I am always thinking everything I did was wrong. Like, I always think I'm the person who made a mistake. Like, I feel like that's how I was raised to think that like, if something happens, it's you. It's not anyone else. And so to like walk around being like, it's your fault this happened. Yeah. You're the one who with the problems like constantly is like something I cannot understand. Yeah. And I I'm think like there's like too. racial, like gender dynamics to that. Yes, for sure. That yes. is like, I realize does not exist for other people. Yeah. It is like, it is more common for women to feel like the way we do and men to feel the way that he does. But I also believe that his behavior and our behavior where we think we're always wrong is two sides of the same coin. I think for him, it's that whenever he does, it's like the, it's like the narcissism, like Trump thing, right? Whenever Mm -hmm. he does something wrong, it's too painful. And so he has to immediately like do something sort of, I, not to use this word like dysfunctional with it yeah instead of being like oh shit i am jealous i gotta fucking work on this he's he's immediately doing something like no you you are like you know right. and it's almost like this because i feel like i don't know for you but my behavior is like much like yours and that comes from mm-hmm. a very similar place of just like shame and fear right but instead of me 
projecting and be like, no, yo, you did it. I, I'm like, uh, like overwhelmed by it or consumed yeah. by it or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I like accept it. Yeah. If there's like a criticism or something happens outside of me, yeah. I immediately reflect that on me. Like, what was it that I did to cause them to react that way? Yeah. What is it that I did that made someone did that too. like lash out at me? It's my fault. It's not their fault. Yeah. Like I take ownership even if I can't control another person. But that's how my brain works. And so, yeah, I think you're right. But then that's the danger. I think that's why I ended up dating somebody like this. Right. Because I'm so ready to accept all the fault. And he's yes. so ready to give me all the fault. And so yeah. these situations that would come up, he would show me this naked woman and I'd be like, why are you showing me this? Oh, you're so jealous. Instead of mm-hmm. why would somebody do that to their girlfriend? Exactly. He can't hold ownership, you know? Yeah. But, th- but So then like yeah. that allows that to continue. Exactly. Like that power dynamic continues. Yeah. But I have to say that that relationship was so fucking toxic that after that I was single for years, mm-hmm. years, and I really healed a lot and learned so much. Right. And I think one of the things, you know, people say like you have to love yourself to be in like a healthy relationship. Like it's kind of like what you just said. It's like I had to fix that part of myself where I think I'm always wrong because if mm-hmm. I don't, I'm going to continue to meet people like this that take advantage yes. of that. And exactly. they think they're always right. And now I'm like in a way healthier space, you know, after I took the years off dating and yeah, uh, everyone that I've been seeing recently has has been so far away from that. You know, I really broke yeah. that pattern. That's great. I do think sometimes you have to hit like a low low yes. to really understand what's happening and then to fix and work on yourself you, to avoid that in the future. Yeah, you get burned completely by the fire. Yes, and, exactly. And, you know, there were very clear red flags right from the beginning. The first fucking mm-hmm. date we went on, he said that I wasn't funny. Ugh. And after, right after we had sex, so we were naked in bed and he said that. Ugh. He's like, as a fellow so comedian... Mean. Also, we were like the same level of success. We were open mic comedians at that point. Yeah. And I was like, well, then you're not funny either because we're in the same. We were booked on the same shows, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. That's how we met. (laughs) Um, I hate that. And I was like, that's such a red flag. He waited to this vulnerable moment to cut me down. No, I don't like that at all. Um, But even though there's red flags right from the start, I wasn't like I wasn't healed enough. Yes. And I didn't love myself enough. I should have just been like, nope, like from that statement on. Right. Completely cut him off. But right. I just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. You have to like believe that you deserve more. Yeah. To let yourself actually get more. Yeah. But I think. And that's a whole journey. Yeah. But I think, you know, something that I would just want to share for people that are listening to this. If you're in a relationship and you're you're feeling bad feelings and you've never felt those bad feelings before, something's going on, you know? Yeah. You don't have to put up mm-hmm. with it. It shouldn't feel bad to be in a relationship. It shouldn't yeah. hurt. It just should not right. hurt to be. And I, I didn't even know that until now, now that I've been in better relationships that don't hurt me. Mm-hmm. Like this person doesn't hurt me, you know? Yeah. Like that's pr- like, but I didn't know that that was supposed to happen because everyone before had hurt me and it hurt right. to be in a relationship with them. Anyway. Right. 
Um, so, so that was my story to warm. Was that a good warm up? It went really yeah. long. I'm sorry. I get, I get so <laughs> no, heated okay. talking about this. Yeah, no, you had you had things that I mean, you said that it has been on your mind and you wanted to let it go. So yeah. I think like talking like or let it out. So I think letting it out was good. So yeah, I've never talked about this in full detail until today. And it's been it's been three it was like end of 2019 this relationship yeah so it's been three it's almost been three years i let it yeah, out the, yeah you let it out and it's email. cool because you you yeah you read the email and it it's cool because you get to see the other side the healed side of it yeah i'm glad that i waited until like i, I came out on the other side to talk about it because yeah. now i'm like i don't give a shit yeah exactly yeah it's like part of your journey yeah yeah. Bad things happen, but you know what? You learn shit and then you grow from it. It's it's not all bad, you know? A hundred percent. Funerals 100%. are sometimes happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's your what's the sad story? <laughs> um, yeah, I was thinking about it and um I was listening to the Dylan Adler podcast, um, or episode of this podcast oh, right. where he talked about his grandmother's death. And I was thinking about it and I was like, maybe I'll talk about my grandmother's death. Um, and so I think I'm going to start there. I haven't fully thought through what part I want to talk about, but basically my grandmother had dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, so she is Japanese and she lives here, um, with, she moved here from Japan with my grandpa, who's yeah. at the time, who's second generation. Um, oh, okay. and they live in the Bay area, but she never like learned how to drive or to speak English, even though she's lived here since like the seventies, eighties. Wow. Because my grandpa really like babied her, mm. um, in a way where he like loved her to death and just took care of her, like drove her everywhere. They were always together. But my grandpa passed when I was like nine, um, very suddenly. And so my grandmother was basically like very much isolated, um, mm. as like a person without much of a community. And then, you know, in America, you can't really get around without a car unless you, live in like New York. Um, and so she was very, very isolated. And like throughout my high school year, she like developed Alzheimer's and dementia, which is a very sad, like deteriorating thing to watch a human go through. Mm -hmm. Um, which is probably like one of the sadder things I've experienced is just seeing that. And then the impact it had on my family. Um, but yeah, so I'd like seen this person deteriorate for 15 years and, in 2020, 2020, um, it was like in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, basically I was here and, uh, you know, she had been like bedridden for many years at this point. Yeah. Um, and like, just not a person anymore, which I feel bad, but like emotionally, I think I've kind of like built a wall because I saw her become kind of a potato. Yeah. So like, I feel bad, but she's like, you know, she's alive, but she's like, can't talk. She's like fully back to like baby status. Like she's like a baby. Um, mm. and then in 2020, I was here and I got a call from my parents. They're like, I think this is probably towards the end. Um, and I like, it's wild, but just one day they're like, I think it's going to happen today. And I, they would call me. Um, my whole family was there because my whole family's in the Bay Area, yeah. like in her bedroom. And then I would like hop on FaceTime during the work day and like, then if it like didn't happen, they're like, we'll call you. We'll call you when like, if anything develops. And then basically at night I was on FaceTime for like an hour and like, I wa- we all watched her take her last breath. Like it was this crazy experience of like watching someone 
leave this earth mm-hmm. like all together. Um, and I don't know. I think like I never, I think it didn't hit until like later what had happened because I had just so built up an emotional wall mm-hmm. over this person. Like to me, she had died so long ago mm-hmm. um, because she had left her body, like her brain. She didn't know who I was for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think like watching that and then also watching more than that, you, young me, you kind of like talked about this when you're talking about Dylan and you're like mom with her, um, how she dealt with death yeah. with her brother. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing with my, my family. It was like watching my parents um, and my aunt like react to death was probably the thing that made me feel more intense sadness mm-hmm. than anything else. But also weirdly a sense of happiness, mm-hmm. like, um, like death is so weird. <laughs> um, and it was like this kind of beautiful moment where I was like, okay, it's so deeply sad, but you also, I'm Asian. We don't show our feelings. Mm-hmm. So it was like this kind of beautiful moment where I was like, we have feelings. We love each other. Mm-hmm. Like what a nice thing yeah. to see us like all take care of each other. And like, I don't know, be together in this moment. Mm-hmm. So it was this like kind of deeply sad, but deeply beautiful thing because, yeah. you know, we don't, we never say I love you to each other because we don't know how to, uh, we like have a hard time like holding each other. And like in that moment, like I saw it, was I in New York and they were in California? Yes. I wish I was there, but like, it was a very like deeply intense, sweet, sad, like weird human moment. Yeah. I guess that's my story. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but I don't know, like I, I, um, don't wish Alzheimer's or dementia on anyone. It's a very, sad sad thing to lose your mind like i if i go i just want to go like i don't yeah i think like seeing that deterioration is like really hard and so when your grandma passed was it because i know you're referencing the dylan's story oh Dylan's yeah story a lot but he had this issue where he couldn't show emotion and he was sort of like feeling guilt and shame around that but it sounds like what you're saying is that all of you had emotions and you were able to express them and it felt very good Yes. I think I have this tendency with my feelings to not know what my feelings are, but my body reacts Mm, first. And so I like sobbed. Like I was like sobbing, even though in my brain, I didn't feel that sad at the time because I was like, I was prepared for this. I truly had like a decade plus to prepare for this, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and five years ago it had just emotionally or mentally, I was like, it's already happened to me. Like I've kind of mourned this person leaving this earth because she's just not here. Like I can't have, there's no conversation to be had. And so I like mentally felt okay. But then I was sobbing. Like I have, I took pictures, which is maybe an insane thing to do from the FaceTime because I felt like I needed to like remember this moment, my final moments with her over FaceTime because it was a pandemic and I just like couldn't fly pre-vax. Yeah. And yeah, but then, like, that whole, like, next couple days, I, like, sobbed. I sobbed at work. I joined a meeting, mm-hmm. and I started sobbing. And then they are like, you should really take the day off. And so it was one of those moments where my body reacted before my brain did. Yeah. And then, like, I was in therapy at that. I've been taking a break off from therapy. But at the time, I was in therapy, and I, like, talked through it. And I think it was, like, I did have this, like, I don't know. I, I definitely felt all the all the feelings. So... I sobbed. I'm a crier. Mm -hmm. I cry a lot. (laughs) I cry very easily. Um, And so I do think like I was able to react somewhat in real time. Yeah. It is like, it is wild to like experience death real time. 
Like, I just have never had that. Yeah. But that's, like, yeah. very sweet that your family, like, wanted to be there for her last moment. And at least they ought to be there. Because I, I remember during COVID, there were so many people that were all alone. Yeah. And they were, you know, quarantined. And you couldn't go in and see them. And people... There's so many people that had that experience watching their loved ones die over FaceTime, you know? I know. I know. I, yeah, it was such a wild time. I, I'm like, that's when I'm, I feel a little bit of guilt for leaving mm -hmm. um, because my whole family's in the Bay Area and I'm the only person who has like decided to leave mm -hmm. and live and make a life like across the country. And that was a moment where mm -hmm. I felt a little bit of like guilt for wanting to have my own life. Yeah. Because I'm like, look at everyone else. They're like holding each other and I'm like here. And like, because I want to do comedy. <laughs> like that's when I was like, that's so yeah. like, is that okay for me to be doing and like pursuing this over here? Which obviously rationally it's like, yeah. But at the same time, there's just like a deep emotional part of me that was like, I event some like, sometimes I'm like, as my parents get older, I feel this like sense of like responsibility to go back and like be there is it so self-centered of me to be here, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So that, that also went through. Yeah. Life is fucking ridiculous though. It's like, it's, it's funny things like that. Like I'm pursuing comedy. So I had to watch my grandma die over FaceTime. I know. You know, it's just like, what? <laughs> right. Right. But also I think that there is this, like, it's such a common story for people that have, I guess like in, even in our community as Asian Americans, because we, a lot of us have immigrant parents and they, you know, like a lot of people from my mom's generation, they would move to America, just not go back for 30 years and their parents right. would die and they would get a letter or, you know, right. A, a week later. And, um, so yeah, it's like a, and then the, for them, I'm sure it felt like for a lot of them, there was no option, you know, it was just like, I was escaping genocide or something whatever <laughs> but like right. why am i laughing about escaping genocide <laughs> they were like escaping genocide or <laughs> like what? i'm so funny do you laugh when you're uncomfortable because that's what yes. i do i yeah. noticed that when i started therapy i'm like yeah. oh wow i really laugh and lean on humor mm -hmm. to avoid any bad feelings so i get it i would have also laughed while saying genocide i would have laughed I if i was if i was living through a genocide i would laugh about it i would just i mm -hmm. i were I, I would be talking about my trauma from genocide and i'd be laughing the whole time because i don't know how to deal with anything mm, no you know what's so funny though about what you were saying about you taking pictures of the facetime my mom yeah during during the like 2020 my uncle died uh, of uh -huh. unrelated causes I, I don't uh -huh. actually know if COVID, he, this was before COVID really was in Korea when we were yeah. in lockdown. He, no, he died of something else. And I was feeling really sad. Mm -hmm. And then my mom sent me this video from the funeral and she's uh -huh. literally like taking a selfie video during the funeral. <laughs> and she's like, we're here in the, yeah. like, and she's doing that voice. And she's like, Oh, yeah. hello. And then she's going up to like, it's like, billy eichner on the street but it's my mom at my, her brother's funeral. and she and she's totally just like oh here we are oh it's so yeah. pretty look at these pretty flowers and i'm like right watching this video like and then everyone's like crying like looking at my mom like what is she doing but my my mom's like that's her reaction to like trauma totally I get she it. She can't sit in it. She has to be go a goofball. Goofy. And to, yeah. To other people, it might look deranged. Right. And honestly, when I was watching the video, I was like, Mom, what are you doing? It's like in right. the middle of the service. She's like, oh, she's literally making jokes. 
was like, oh. But I get it. It's like a way to cope with sadness. Yeah. She's like, ma'am, ma'am, for a dollar, can you name? Yeah. <laughs> tell me, what's what's our brother's middle name? Yeah, exactly. Koreans don't have middle names. It's a trick question. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, I think it was the same. My parent, my family also reacts and. So what we did, yeah. while my while my grandmother is dying, yeah. what we did is we went around and talked about what meal we'll miss the most that she cooked. <laughs> like we all went in a circle and talked about the food that she cooked that we'll miss the most. And we're like, ah, no, it's that she took a Chinese cooking restaurant like back in Japan, like back in like the 60s, like her Chinese whatever is the best. We're like, no, whatever. And I was like, what are we doing? This woman's dying and we're talking about like – like the food that we're gonna miss. Can you get like, up and know. make us? Can you get <laughs> yeah. up and make a donabe real quick before you kick yeah. the bucket, Grandma? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, how sick are you? Yeah, come on, come get on. it together. Come on. Um, so, like, I totally get it. That's how we dealt with it. That's, but that's sweet though. Like, you know, I think for a lot of women, and especially of that generation, where their life work was caretaking, and that's probably yeah. what she wanted to be remembered by. That reminds me of the saddest documentary I've ever seen. There's a documentary oh, no. about people <laughs> who choose to end their life oh. when they're obviously terminally ill. And right. I think in, I think when the documentary came out, this is like probably over ten years ago. The okay. only place in America that it was legal was Oregon or something. Right. And so they I remember that, yeah. yeah. Do you remember that movie? No, I remember like oh, talking about it yeah. in the context of like how Oregon is the only place that'll let you do that. So yeah. this movie follows like three people in their last days. And one of mm-hmm. the women, she was like, Well, whatever, the euthanasia is scheduled for Monday. So on Saturday she was trying to tell her son like his favorite cookie. Oh my god, this is so fucking sad. She was trying to tell him her his favorite cookie recipe. And so she was like walking. She was like making them for him. So uh-huh. he would have like she gave him the recipe and then she was baking them for him. And um, it's, it's such a fucking sad movie. And um, he was standing. He's an adult. They're both her, her children are adults. And he was standing there and he was sort of dissociating and not listening to her and not paying attention uh-huh. to her. And I remember watching it and I was like what's going on with this guy why isn't he paying attention to his mom she's gonna die but i think now mm-hmm. i'm like obviously like that's so fucking pro- can you imagine that's like sitting there with your mom in the kitchen and what she's make- making you your favorite cookies and she's gonna yeah, die no. and i'm like of course he couldn't handle that you know i would right he just sort of walked off and started playing video games and i was like bro same bestie yeah like, yeah <laughs> I can't. Hey, how are we supposed to able, how are we supposed to handle that i oh couldn't my god i mean yeah. once again my grandmother in the con- i had 10 years like she can't talk anymore yeah. and even then like as it's happening i like couldn't handle it Oof. you know yeah well, can- it's just there's no preparing can i ask you something about because i've i've heard of i very fortunately have never had a personal experience with dementia and alzheimer's mm-hmm. in my family mm-hmm. but i've heard how hard it is and, the, and you're saying that she started developing those illnesses when you're in high school and then right that was like high school and then your young adult life like what mm-hmm. was that like to have so- somebody that ill in your family for 10 years it was very hard like it probably is the hardest thing that's happened in our family um like the beginning is really the beginning is probably the scariest because she's scared too and she still has a sense of like herself ish yeah um but it was like really wild in high school 
And the part I think that's so sad is my parents don't obviously don't go to therapy. And this was the hardest probably on my dad. And he's so yeah. like holds everything down that I think there's a lot of pain there that he's never worked through. Yeah. Um, but you know, my grandma had her kids and that was pretty much it in terms of community and right. like us. And so she used to call our home because they have a landline. It would call, be ringing like every 30 minutes. And then wow. cause she had that phone number like on the wall in her house and then she would call us and then um because she's scared because she doesn't know where she is who she like she's starting to forget things right and she would start like um accusing us of trying to kill her accusing us of it's just like fear yeah and this is also a woman who like has a very traumatic life with world war ii yeah um and so i think there's like another layer there of like fear and so like i think it was really really hard it was a lot of fighting and like there's no reasoning for someone who can't remember yeah what's going on and so it's like watching that to the point where like she slowly became like unable to like talk and then she hit like a point where she like forgot me and my siblings um because there was a period where she would remember us Mm -hmm. and then it would like leave and then it became like fully like a stranger um and then it became like fully just a person yeah like a human body that you're keeping alive um without needs wants like yeah, oh, that's gone. And who was taking care of her during that time? Was it was she at home? It was she, she was at home, yeah. and my aunt uh, is single, and she there was some debate about putting her in a home, and she really did not want to. Mm-hmm. So we like had nurses and things, which is a huge, huge financial oh my god cost. Yeah, yeah, like it's especially in this country, it, it's just an unbelievable amount of money that went into this person who like isn't a person anymore. I don't know. There's yeah. just a lot of stuff about it that feels so nuts like you just are watching it and you're like this is there's so many layers of sadness here <laughs> um yeah see i laughed because i don't know how to deal with things but um it's so profound it's just it's really hard i like i was watching that and i was like yeah my grandpa died suddenly right like he went on vacation he had a heart attack he, he left that's the way to go very young honestly that is the way to go yeah. like watching this i was like this is not it and i don't like I, she has no control over it either. Like my grandma didn't decide she wanted to do this. Nobody like, wants that. I mean, I, I don't exactly. know if that's like fair to say, but I, that's the last thing I want. Yeah. It's really profoundly like sad. Like the saddest thing is like seeing, <sighs> trying to have conversations and like, she's just like, who are you? And I'm like, you're my yeah. grandma. And you said that yeah. you, you said that she didn't know who you were for 10 years. So was when she found out, um, when she was diagnosed, was it very rapid? Like all these, this like forgetting who you were. Yeah, yeah. it's a little murky because I was in college, so I like was gone for a period of it. But I would say that like probably for like five years, it, it was like enough where she could have conversation. You know what I mean? Like I would come home five and like years. at first it'd just be like, "Oh, you're cute." Like who are you? And like oh, I could wow. still have kind of actual conversation. She just didn't know who I was. To like now we're at the most basic conversation. Like, I'm hungry like that. Like, there's no, it's like literally watching a human like Benjamin Button become a baby. Yeah. Yeah. That does sound like a, and let me tell you, someone that has a, has had a baby, newborns are the fucking worst. Yeah. If I had a, a large newborn to take care of, that would be It's ruin a large newborn. Yes. Yeah. It's just That's like so really hard. sad. And then, like, the hard part is watching the stress. My dad had health problems afterwards because sure. of the stress. Yeah. The watching the fallout of this thing kind of spread to the wellness of everyone else was also the mm. other part where I was like, my grandma wouldn't want this. Like my grandma's not 
wouldn't want my dad to have a heart attack and a stroke because he's stressed out. Yeah. But like, that's what happened. So it's like, and there's nothing we can do. We can't like, we have to just like take care of this person until she decides to leave. So is there no legal? So like, it's so interesting that we were talking about that movie in Oregon. So in America, like if you have dementia, you can't choose to end your life or anything like that. Is there I don't because you can't because she well, yeah, can't she can't con- yeah she can't so consent. it's like us yeah exactly huh that's a, that's interesting is there like a way if you're diagnosed that you can say once I lose this oh I, I wonder, don't know right like if yeah if it happened just for my and for like if, if that happens to me I think I'm I want to sign a paper like the day that I can't recognize my fucking daughter yeah. please yeah. fucking you know like like let me go yeah yeah i i I wonder yeah because i would do that too because after watching this i was like i i would never want this to have like for my family yeah my family at all i don't want my family to go in and you know i i think it's really fair to say that most people don't want that because you're not yeah you're just a you're not you anymore your brain your brain's like not functioning right there's a lot of layers and it's just like sad like the human brain is so powerful and also like we need it yeah it's like the learning from this and i'm just like <laughs> i wish that i wish that it wasn't such a financial drain yeah to like have this because like once again no one chose this like it just is yeah it's like you know what grandma i i would i want my money run me <laughs> run me my money bitch please go like, go into really the light like, bitch yeah, I would I'm be there like- every day whispering, <laughs> go into the light, bitch. Sorry, that's, that's, I'm trying to make that's this so funny, funny, but it's so mean. But no, no, not at I all. I want like, someone to do that for me. Just, yeah, that's, just, if I were in her position, that I get one it. One flew I would, over I the cuckoo's assume. nest, me, please. <laughs> just please, God, if anyone's listening and you know that if I am in advanced stages of dementia, please off me, please, but I'm begging. I, the other thing I was like, oh man, I am going to live in a, I'm going to like be have friends and like have a community yeah. even when I'm old yeah. because like that's the other part I need like someone the to kill me. loneliness yeah. oh, that too. I need, <laughs> I need a, some a friends. system of people to end it yeah you can make it look natural you know you could but I need like, smart friends that know how to kill me and make it look natural is what I mean <laughs> right yeah to commit like a murder that doesn't look like a murder oh but I was gonna say she said that you look cute though She's like, yeah, okay, so I'm the first yeah. of my, I'm the firstborn, like, she only has the three of us uh-huh. as her grandchildren, because my aunt didn't have kids, yeah. and so, uh, and I'm the oldest, and so I do feel bad, but there was, like, major favoritism for me, which was, like, clear once she didn't know who we w- we were. Oh, that's so funny. Which I feel, <laughs> that is kind of a funny thing, I was like, sorry, she just, like, likes me more, because she would, like, hold my hand, and she'd be like, you're so cute, like, you're really cute, I love your smile, and then she would not compliment my siblings at all, and I was like, literally, I knew I was the favorite, and my parents, like, it's so obvious you're the favorite, because I was the oldest, like, I just am, like, the first. Yeah, well, it's so funny how, I mean, it's so fascinating how dementia works, because even though she didn't remember you or your siblings she probably still had that feeling of loving exactly. you more yes <laughs> like, exactly she never forgot she never forgot yes. that she loves you more than your siblings and, <laughs> and the fact that her facilities are gone so she can't control her like yeah, she her can't. saying yeah, it out yeah, loud yeah, that's she so just funny. like said it to me and i was like i knew it like literally we would i don't visit like and the other she's... ones they're weird i hate them Ugh. she's like holding and my I hand do. and i'm like 
she's like not even looking at the other two and i was like sorry i won yeah she's at like the end who's of the day, this I, I like her i don't like you yeah. go away leave <laughs> i don't trust she's like clutching her purse around your siblings don't i don't trust those two not that this is your grandma but it kind of reminds me of those jokes where um there's like caretakers that like mm-hmm. take care of dementia patients that are white mm-hmm. but and they're like mm-hmm. they forgot everything but they still remember to be racist <laughs> Like, oh you my know, God, those yes. like, I have seen white those, yeah. old people that are like yeah. using the N word at their caretaking nurse. And she's like, yeah. bitch, you don't even know what your son looks like, but you still yeah. remember that you hate black people. <laughs> it's like, there's it no is, guard. It, there, yeah, there's no guard. It's just like, you're being yourself at that's, your core. That's amazing. That's great that you got like, you got the good. Cause like, if I, if I was your sibling, uh, my feelings would be fucking hurt. <laughs> yeah but they also knew they're like whatever you know, yeah we get it whatever it was always that's clear so funny but that's like very also but that's like i know i'm joking about it but that's so touching because i was like you know i like i feel like i think about my son a lot and i'm like oh it's you know it's interesting to think about it from a perspective of my mom forgetting me and like how much that will hurt me but like yeah. to think about it I'm going to, if I forget my son, that's like so fucking sad for me. Yeah. That would be so sad. Isn't that so sad? sad? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I know. And like watching yeah. my dad and my aunt go through it, I was like, this is, I'm like so much sadder for them than me. Yeah. Like yeah. this is like next level for them. You know? But I think, but I think, you know, hearing your experience, I think it will be similar if that ever happens to me. Like my son will come visit me and I'll, I'll f- still have access to being like, I, I really like you like I don't know yes. who you are but I just really that's like so sweet oh my god I know there's like now I'm crying, <laughs> I'm crying. you did it I don't know I'm crying so much it's... no it's it's like I think that's what I took away from this it's like yeah. deeply sad but it's like deep deeply loving yeah and which is nice and it's like so it's so nice to understand that her love for you was like so deep you know that it like it's like it goes beyond even knowing who you are you know exactly just like you coming in the room and she's just like oh my god i really like you and i don't know why but yeah (laughs) i have no idea why but i really like you (laughs) like yeah your vibes your vibes are immaculate i was like wow thank you yeah and it's okay yeah i just have to say this yeah i'm sitting next to my window and i overlook my neighbor's little backyard yeah (laughs) And they're fully suntanning right outside the window as I'm sobbing here on my laptop. Oh, they probably just think you're so in therapy. Funny. This is like so funny. Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh it's good god. to talk about. And I like love. I mean, like I think I've like yeah. This happened two years ago. Yeah, I went to her memorial service last year, and so it's like oh, it's recent. Slowly processing it. Yeah. I mean, I can't even process this mean email I got three years ago. I'm still processing one email, so it's okay. I mean, you know, it takes time. And, you know, oh, another thing I just wanted to say about because you were talking about your parents. Uh-huh. And it does remind me a little bit of the story of that I told up top. And also just like, I guess th- the main point of this podcast is that whenever there's something that happens, whether it's sad or happy, there's like, it's always a mixed bag of feelings, you know, nothing is ever just sad or like, I'm, I'm assuming that for your, for your parents and your like dad, like you said, you know, of course it's sad that his mom fucking died, but also it must be a great relief not to have a fucking somebody to have to take care of suck in your bank account. 
Yes. Who's not I mean, even there was like a relief. Anymore. Yeah. It's like relief because also she was not living a great life, you know? Exactly. Like this wasn't a fun, good life for her either. Yeah. And so it was like this relief for everyone to be like, okay, she like truly lived into her 90s. Yeah. Like like that's so long to live. That's great. And like yeah. not a high quality of life. Yeah. And so like let's let her go. Let's let us have some freedom and like what a not relief. have to worry about her. What exactly. a celebration. You know, it's not just yeah. the end of her life, but like just now we can celebrate her life. Exactly. When she was still with us, pop some fucking champagne, grandma's dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I totally, yeah. I, like, I don't think that's a inhumane thing to say. I think that's like a real, very real experience. I think people need to stop, uh, like, stop this idea. I think it's a really white person. It's a Christian idea of every, yes. it's either good or bad sad yeah. or happy and it's like that's not the world the world is yes. every, and, I, and i think having a son made me realize that because i was like this is a great thing that happened to me it's also such a profoundly sad loss of yeah. uh, some it's a milestone and it's it's fucking really sad having a child yeah a birth you know yeah. birth is just so closely connected to death you know yeah and it's mm-hmm. not only a good thing; it's also a horrible thing. And right. death isn't always only a bad thing; it's also exactly. Amazing. I think there's this like concept that's very white. That's like yes. all death is really bad. Yep. And I don't like at least in Japanese culture, we don't really see it that way. Exactly. It's like when you the leave, Asians you leave, it and it was way. time for you to go. Exactly. Like it's such a more like earth like earth human life way. Like it's the same thing with eating animals. You like yep. You have yes. to do it. Like, we should talk about where animals come from, the fact that we should, like, yeah. know what we're eating. Yep. And, like, if we see it die, that's not an inhumane thing. In fact, it's, like, we're appreciating it for what it is. Because I saw this thing going around about, like, Gordon Ramsay getting in trouble for, like, being, like, mm, like looking at a lamb being, like, oh, like, that's delicious. But I'm, like, that's the way we should be looking at it. We shouldn't be looking at it, like two separate things yeah. like we eat meat but we like don't take responsibility for the death piece of it yeah that's the same thing with exactly. death like death is part of life it's it like is. part of this world that we live in and it's not always bad sometimes it is a relief sometimes it's there's happiness like that comes with it it's weird it's, it's nuanced it's the it's difference natural. between eastern religious philosophy and western religious philosophy where white people truly believe that good and evil are two separate things and that they are right. good and nothing that they do is bad and that's why you have yeah. like you know vegetarianism in in asia and white countries is so different because in mm-hmm. in white people do it as a mark of their supremacy that they're right. morally better uh, superior and it's uh-huh. like this this like inability to recognize that they are part of the entire universe meaning they're also yes. bad and everything yeah. that they do is somehow related to harming other things it's like this mm-hmm. it's like this like refusal to accept that you are part of the universe and you also right. do bad things you know what right. i mean and it yeah yeah it's like and like yeah. eating eating i don't know like be, doing certain things or like death or whatever it's just part of life yeah, i don't know like just seeing it as a natural yes. part of life is like so much healthier to me yeah and not thinking of someone as like purely good or evil like hell and heaven yep. like i just think that it's just so much healthier to be like no she's left she was a complicated person yeah. she had a lot of like good things bad things you know like live this long life that was like very difficult for the rest of my family yeah. and that's okay like this all exists and it's reality it's, like yeah it's a really immature way to look at life 
and it's very harmful and i think it just does come from the religion that's so popular among western countries where right they really believe jesus christ was somebody that didn't do any harm i know I'm like well he came out of his mom's vagina and it tore and it ripped so f- <laughs> right off the bat he's fucking ripping people's vajijis you know like so there's some harm that was caused there and they're right, like no no right. he never sinned it's like that's that's impossible but but right. um yeah i think it's it's really interesting when you meet people that believe that because that's why i think in america there's so many issues surrounding abortion because they have such a yes. hard time like dealing with the death part like they're okay with the birth part and that's why they they made euthanasia illegal right right because they're like we can't kill and it's like it's not killing when this person has already like de- like their quality of life is like been obliterated by a disease right like and they're opting into it yeah and it's like for christian people they can't accept that part of it you know what i mean and it's like really it's like they're trying to they're trying to do a wheel but like one section of the wheel has been removed and they're trying to drive this car and they're like don't eat animals don't do abortion it's just like that's that's part of the wheel bro yeah, exactly. I totally agree with that. I think there's just like life good, death bad yeah. mentality. And that's like death is great. I, don't, I just like, yeah, does, <laughs> it just doesn't capture the human experience at, at all. all. And at there's all. no room for like, I feel like even as a comedian, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this. I'm, you know, even this podcast, I'll like make jokes about something dark and some fucking Car- Christian Karen will be like, that's inappropriate. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, you like what? Like, why are you? They're like policing the fact that we can't even fully absorb things. You know what I mean? They're like only good vibes only. It's like the good vibes only person, right? It's like just no nuance, no nuance. Very black and white, literally. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, literally for them. Yes, (laughs) for them. Anyway, that's like so interesting. Um, Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Thank you for letting me share, um, despite kind of my neighbor. <laughs> what my are they wearing? Are they wearing like bikinis and stuff or? Yeah, like oh full bikini, God. like, like just like suntanning. I will say it's starting to rain now, so they just left, I but know, like, I'm insane. not kidding. The moment I started mm-hmm. sobbing was the moment they stood up and they were looking at me <laughs> in their, their swimsuits. <laughs> They're just standing there <laughs> looking at you like, good vibes only. Well, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> like talking about good that. vibes only. Um, so such a great conversation that went went by so fast I think it is really funny that your grandma was like yeah I like you (laughs) yeah who's that they suck like you're yeah I don't like that one I like you or like it's like no interest in the other two you I like this one yeah like it was like that vibe (laughs) yeah and like we're running out of time but I really wanted to ask about your grandma like I just wanted to I I don't know if you want to say something about this really quick but that whole concept of I think a lot of people that have parents or grandparents that are immigrants, that whole concept of them coming to this country as adults, not ever mm-hmm. learning the language, not going mm-hmm. outside of their house and being so isolated and lonely. That's so fascinating. I know. Right? I also don't, I ask a lot of questions because obviously I was not part of like her living this life mm-hmm. in America, mm-hmm. but I always wondered like, why didn't she go do stuff and my parents are always like yeah it's just that my grandpa really like protected her and if she was like interacting it was only with japanese people in america you know like she just yeah. like didn't have to learn yeah um i've 
I wonder like how deeply lonely it was for her to be like living here when her kids speak English, you know, um, and her kids can't read Japanese. Um, they can speak, but they can't read. Like, it's just such a specific immigrant experience for her that I think like, I I don't know, like you're so reliant on your partner. And my grandpa was Japanese American. Yeah. So when he passed, she was like, I can't imagine how, how lonely it was. Like, yeah. She threw away his stuff immediately. It was actually pretty wild. Wow. Like she cleaned out the house because I don't think she could um, stand to, yeah. to like even deal with his death. That's um, fascinating. Yeah. But um, also, I think another thing, like just hearing like my mom's experiences and other people, my mom was quickly divorced after she moved here. So she had to like rough it by herself. But she mm-hmm. told me like, and I think this is very common when she first got here, people were so fucking racist to her and it was scary. Yeah. And your grandpa probably knew that. And yeah. his actions were probably like trying to protect her from these like evil racist people, vegetarian right. white people. And then, <laughs> and, and so he was like, Oh, I'm going to protect you from that, you know? And so I, yeah. I, and, and even there are people that I know that whose parents are immigrants who didn't have a partner that was trying to like isolate them. It was just their mm-hmm. choice. Like they went out, mm-hmm. people were racist to them. They got scared and they never left the house after that. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, like I totally get it. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, they started their journey in Texas, so I can't imagine oh what it was God. like. Then. And There's then they moved so many to California. vegetarians there. I'm just kidding. kidding. No, they're like the other side, like only meat. Yeah, only meat. They're like death only, death and destruction only. Americans are so extreme. It's like they're either like, I love racism and killing animals, or I've never harmed anything in my life. It's like, yeah. They have to pick a side. Yeah, (laughs) and they stick to it. (laughs) All right. um, Well, where can our listeners find you uh, and your work online? Um, you can find me at any social media platform at Jenny Arimoto. Okay. And then, of, of yeah. course, everyone check out Asian, not oh, yeah. Asian. And listen to Asian, not Asian. Thank you. I always forget that I'm part of that podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's my podcast. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> and they, they bring up a lot of issues. And I feel like a lot of similar issues that we talked about today, right? So yeah. if you want to hear more of that, please check it out. I have a Patreon, uh, Harry Butthole podcast that I don't do anything on. But if you want to give me money... Every once in a while, I'll, I do stuff. So, you, you know. Hey, I feel it could, it could pay off. I want to be like, you know, after like a year or something, be like, guess what? I'm going to give away $1 million. So one of my pay- You should. I'm be like, just just for being here and nothing happens. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going to get a million dollars, but I'm going to give you $1 million worth of fake flowers or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for like for donating and getting nothing for a year. Here is. Right. Uh, yeah you should do it really sporadically like um like the uh like the lotto you know like yeah. when all of a sudden it's like a really big purse like right? you, should, you just do that like there's i'm giving away a luxury weekend in the bahamas, in the bahamas. yeah but it's only to people that have been subscribing until to, now to the patreon yes exactly i do have to say that my um like my ex-husband and his girlfriend mm-hmm. they get free stuff all the time because like i don't know they're cool and he, yeah. my ex-husband gets every season, he's close friends with Telfar. So Telfar uh-huh. sends him like five to 10 handbags every season. What? Yeah. That's why I have so many. I have a bunch of them because my ex will be like, do you want this one? And I'm like, yes. So I, Wait, I, that's wild. I get You're them. You're benefiting. Yeah I, yeah. I get at least one uh, a season. 
And I've been nice. Yeah, so so maybe I'll just start raffling those away to the Wait, Patreon. Should yeah, I do that? That's smart. Okay, yeah, so pa- do that. Pa- if you're subscribed to Patreon, that at any point I might give away a Telfar bag. Just so exactly. a fresh <laughs> fresh one from the current yes, season. This, yeah, and you never know when it's gonna you be never so you know. have to you, you have to subscribe, subscribe now. now. It could yeah. even be at the low the three dollar level. You yeah, never exactly. know. So <laughs> Is smart that, that sounds like it feels kind of like a, a pyramid scheme or a scam but you know what no it's not it's not it's brilliant one person will win and there's more chances mm-hmm. of you winning this than the lottery so, yes absolutely absolutely I had, it's actually a smart decision for all of your listeners i think i only have like maybe 20 patreon subscribers so that's a well one they have of, a really good chance yeah so there you go. And if you want to follow me on social media, I'm everywhere at YM Mayor or Young Me Mayor on TikTok. And thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.